Well, as I told you a little while ago, we're walking through this season of reading through God's Word. And this week, we've been in the book of Exodus. We started Exodus chapter 1 on Monday. Today, we're going to conclude Exodus chapter 36 as we continue walking through and reading through. But today, we're going to go back to Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. And each week, we're going to be pulling passages out of our reading that that can help us as we have read it, and then we can kind of apply it, and we can allow ourselves to learn from it. And today, what I want to talk about is the call of God. Now, you know this passage has a lot to do with what Moses did in his very early formative years. And you know the story, you know, the, the, the Israelites were there in Egypt, they were slaves. Moses was born to a, a slave woman, uh, placed into a, a basket in the river. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter pulled the basket out, and then it went back to uh, his mother for a while, for a few years. And then Moses came back into uh, the, the palace there of Pharaoh. He grew up there until he got into a situation, a skirmish with an Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian. He fled for his life. He goes out to Midian. He meets Jethro. He finds his wife. He begins working for Jethro there, doing whatever he thought he was supposed to be doing, just kind of living his life, had his job, had his family, and just moving forward until God had a different plan. And that's what I want to talk about today, is when God has a different plan for you, of God's call on your life. And and just right out the gate here, right up front, I want to make sure every one of you understand, God has a plan and a call for your life. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you are just starting off in life or whether you're retired. It doesn't matter where you are. God has a plan. God has a call. God has a will for your life, a future for you. And we have a responsibility to hear it, to act on it, to obey, to do it. And so in this passage today, while we often celebrate Moses... Like we look at Moses' life and what he was able to accomplish and we are, you know, we we celebrate it, we put him on a pedestal, we talk about how great Moses was, how God used Moses in so many different ways. But today we want to talk about is how Moses almost messed it all up. How Moses literally almost blew the whole plan. The entire book of Exodus could have gone a totally different way if Moses would have allowed himself to be more human or really to be more like us. And so I want to talk about the call of God. I want to go to Exodus chapter 3, and I'm going to read a couple of passages. I'm going to turn my Bible the right way, so I actually read it in English. There we go. And so I'm going to spend some time here reading a couple of passages out of Exodus chapter 3, and then a couple of out of Exodus chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, Exodus chapter 3. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flame uh, of fire within a bush. And as Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't this bush burning up? When the Lord uh, saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Now, you know what happened next. Moses is standing there. He sees the burning bush. He goes over to it. God speaks to him. Then God tells him, you know, take the sandals off of your feet. The ground where you're standing is, is holy ground. And he begins to reveal to Moses a plan that he had for his life. He began to lay out exactly what Moses' future was going to be like, what he was going to do, what he was being called to accomplish. Now, let's skip down to verse 9 in, in Exodus chapter 3. 
And it says, this is God speaking to Moses. Now the Israelites' cry for help has come to me. And I've also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, who am I, that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And he answered, God answered, I will certainly be with you. And this will be the sign to you that I've sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. Now, we continue forward. Go down to Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. And then Moses answered, what if they won't believe me and will not obey me, but say, the Lord did not appear to you? So Moses here now questioning God again. Like, God, seriously, a minute ago he said, who am I? Now he's saying, God, what if they don't listen to me? Does that sound a little bit familiar? Because I think all of us have been through those moments in our lives when we hear the call of God. It's like, well, what if this? What if that? Now, one more time. Skip down to verse 10. But Moses replied to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent either in the past or recently or since you have been speaking to your servant, because I am slow and hesitant in speech. But then Yahweh said to him, who made the human mouth? What makes him mute or deaf, seen or blind? Is it not I, Yahweh? Now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. And then Moses said the final challenge, the final question of God, please, Lord, send someone else. Now, in this passage, we can see the calling of God and kind of this, this, this confrontation, if you will, between God and between Moses. And you can see that while God was calling Moses, making it very clear what he wanted Moses to do, Moses was rejecting. Moses was pushing back. Moses was saying, seriously, this is not a good plan. I'm not the right guy. Send anybody else. Don't send me. So let's look at this passage and let's learn some things that, of ways in our lives as we're seeking for God's will, which all of us are, when we're looking for God's plan, God's call in our lives, which I hope all of us really desire to do, what are the wrong things to do? So in other words, we're going to use this, this, this historical figure, this giant of the faith as an example of, as a display of what not to do. And the first thing we get is say, don't ignore the call of God. Don't ignore the call of God. Go back in this passage, verse, uh, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he, Moses, had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Now here's an important lesson for us. That it wasn't until Moses actually approached the bush and was willing to listen that God continued to speak. In other words, God will never lay out His plan for your life in one big scheme, one big statement. He will not put it all down on a piece of paper. He will not give you a contract in the moment that He's calling you and say, okay, here it is. I hear it all this. I want you to take this, and this is what you're going to do. This is the whole plan. God never does that. God always slowly, quietly, and incrementally reveals to us God's plan. Go back to this verse. It's interesting. God did not speak to Moses until, verse 4, until he saw that Moses had approached the bush. And so, in other words, Moses actually took the time to step over to that bush to hear God. Now, Moses had every reason to be afraid. He had every reason to say, man, I don't want to have anything to do with that. He could have just marched on by. 
He could have pulled his phone out and posted an Instagram snap. Look at this. This is awesome. You know, look what I saw. Did a selfie. He could have done all that kind of stuff and moved on, but he didn't. He walked over. And when he walked over, God began to speak. In our lives, the thing that we need to understand, don't ever ignore those moments in your life when God wants to speak to you. Oftentimes we think it's going to be some clanging cymbal, some, some loud sound, some air horn that, that God is getting our attention, and that is rarely what God does. Sometimes He does those big, you know, bombastic moments where He gets our attention, but most of the time it's the still, small voice. So we can't allow ourselves, allow ourselves to be distracted. We can't allow ourselves to let fear keep us from walking over to hear and walking over to be in the presence of God. So never ignore God's call. But one thing we also have to recognize from Moses' life, that to not do likewise, never question God's call. Don't ever question God's call. Look what it says in verse 10. So therefore, God speaking, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt. You see, what was happening here is after Moses heard God, after he heard the call of God in his life, he did exactly what you and I would do in that moment. God, seriously, this is not a good plan. In fact, if you read through this passage in Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4, five times Moses questioned God. Five times he pushed back on God. Five times he said, God, I'm not good enough. Five times he said, God, I'm not the right guy. Five times he said, I don't know what to say. Five times he said, God, seriously, anybody else but me. And then in verse 1 of chapter 4, he said this, what if they won't believe me? What happened to Moses is what happens to us. The what ifs of life began to overcome. What if they don't like me? What if they laugh at me? What if they reject what I have to say? What if they push back on it? What if they, if they walk out? What if they stop being my friend? What if they don't let me hang around them anymore? What, what if, what if, what if? And what happens is Satan uses, the enemy uses those little what if statements that begin to rattle around inside of our brain to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. Moses fought and fought and fought. Because he's like, man, what, what if? What, what, what if? And I think probably there's a lot of us in this room that have done that. I know I have. I've got to be honest. I've done that. Like, like. There have been times in my life where I've said, God, seriously, I, I, I'm not the right guy. What, 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 if, what if this happens? And what if I do this? Because here's the deal. I know me better than like anybody else knows me. And here's what I know about me. I am wholly inadequate, not wholly H-O-L-Y, wholly W-H-O-L-L-Y. In other words, I don't have a clue a lot of times. And so I know my weaknesses and I know my inadequacies and I know my, my shortcomings. I know that stuff. And so what happens is Satan uses what we know about ourselves to then begin to speak lies into our ears and say, you're not the right guy. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You're not smart enough. Man, there are people that are so much better than you. Use them. I look over here and I see on the front row one of my dear friends, David Ring. David's a guy who grew up with cerebral palsy. Many of you have heard his story. And David, many years ago, God began to call him into ministry, right? And God put on his heart and on his life this, this message that, that he should go and to preach the gospel. 
And I've heard David say it a thousand times, going back to when I was a little kid. I'm not going to tell how old you are, but you're older than me. And David said, man, I, I can't walk right, and I can't talk right, and I don't know what to say. And what if they laugh at me? And what if they reject me? But here's what David did. David just said, he heard the call of God, and he allowed God's plan to overcome his what-ifs, and God has used him in big ways. Now, I know there's some people in this room today that God wants to use. There's some people in this room that God wants to call into ministry. There are some men and women in this room that God's calling you to, to go in the mission field, to go serve in a local church, to, to, to follow, you know, this passion that God has for us to go into ministry. And you've been rejecting it because you're saying, listen, somebody else can do it better than I can. Let me just tell you, God will never call you to do what he also doesn't equip you to do successfully. To do better than you can ever possibly imagine, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or think. And so don't ever question God's call. When God calls you, the first thing you need to do is just say, okay, I get it, I don't understand it, but here I am. Which brings us to the next thing that Moses questioned, that we shouldn't. So we're never going to ignore God's call, we're never going to question God's call, but we're also never going to question God's power, like, like the, the, the power of God. The omnipotence of God. Go back to this passage. I love this part of this. Verse 12. And he answered, God answered Moses, all of Moses' complaints, all of Moses' questions, all of Moses' doubts. And he said these words. I will certainly be with you. I'll be with you. Man, that's a powerful. Right there, it should have been over. The argument done. I will be with you. Certainly, I will be with you. You think you're not good enough, I will be with you. Think you don't know what to say, I'll be with you. Think they might laugh at you, doesn't matter, I'll be with you. Think you don't have the power, it's okay, I'll be with you. You think you can't pull this off, it's okay, because I, the God of the universe, I will be with you. And I'm just telling you today, that's a statement that was made thousands of years ago, specifically from God to one man. But I can point you to a thousand other places in this book where God says the exact same thing to you. Where God says the same thing to me, that no matter who you are and no matter what you've done and no matter what you have messed up in the past, no matter how many times you've blown it in days gone by, God says, I will be with you. So what's your problem? Why do we often sit back and we just say, yeah, it's, it's not my plan. That, that's, that's not my thing. God, I, I can't. Do it. Don't ever question the power of God. Moses was really questioning the power of God. Yes, he was doubting the call. Yes, he was, you know, kind of ignoring the, the ideas and trying to fight out of the question. But ultimately what he was doing is saying, God, you're not strong enough. God, I don't care what you're saying to me. I don't care what you're calling me to do. God, you are not strong enough to help me do what you're calling me to do. Don't ever doubt God's power in your journey and in your life. In verse 13, Moses finally got to the bottom of the line here, and he said this, God, please send someone else. And man, I know we've all been there. God, anybody but me. That's what Moses was saying. Anybody but me. Anybody else but me. And so what he was doing is he was questioning the power of Almighty God, a God who's omnipotent, a God who's omniscient, a God with whom 
And we've got to believe this, that I can do all things through Christ. Now, I've got to be honest with you, that passage has been taken out of context a million times by preachers and Christians alike. But in this context, it's absolutely exactly what it was meant to say. That passage is meant to say this, that when you are following God's call for your life, when you're walking in God's call for your life, when you're pursuing God's call for your life, and you're doing it faithfully, here's what God says. You can do all things there. Oftentimes we use that to to apply to anything else in life. I can do all things. I can jump off this balcony. It won't hurt me. Try it. Actually, don't try it. (laughs) But when it comes to the call of God, when it comes to the will of God for your life, God said this, man, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So what do we do then? So we're not going to, you know, we're not going to ignore God's call. We're not going to question God's call. We're not going to doubt God's power. So then what we have to do then is we have to do what ultimately Moses did do, and that's this, to always trust God's heart. Go back to this passage, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. And so God said, go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me and said, I have paid close attention to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised you that I will bring you up from the misery of Egypt into the land of the Canaanites. Here's what God's proved to Moses in that moment. God proved to Moses right there, right then, for them, for him, and for all of mankind. God God understands what we're going through. God knows what we're facing. God knows our pain. He knows our sorrow. He knows our misery. He knows our oppression. He knows our problems. And here's what God said. I have seen it, and I care about it, and I have come to deliver you. Trust me. Now, Moses ultimately trusted God. But man, what I would say to you today is don't do what Moses did and hang out and fight and fight and fight and fight and then trust. Just start with trusting God's heart. Because I can promise you today, it doesn't matter what the call is on your life. It doesn't matter what it is that God wants you to do. Here's what I know, that if you will simply say, God, here I am, use me. God, here I am, send me. I trust you, God. I believe in you, God. I trust that you have a great plan for me. When you start there, here's what will happen. God will show up and he will show off. And he will do in and for you and through you what you never could have imagined possible because that's who God is and that's why God loves. And God sent his son Jesus to die for us for that purpose. And he rose again three days later so that we could be reconciled to him so that we could be used by him. So what are you waiting for? We started our time here a little while ago saying this, that God's got a plan for every single one of you. And again, I don't care who you are. I don't care how young you are, whether you're in school or whether you're retired, whether you're young or whether you're, well, you know. (laughs) Regardless of what we are, regardless of what we believe about ourselves, here's what I know. God believes the best in you, not because of you, but because of him, because of what he's able to do. God's got a plan. So listen to the still, small voice of God. And then say, God, here I am. 
I'm ready. I'm willing. I'll go. Father, today, thank you for the challenge that we find in your word. Because, God, we need it. We are a stubborn people. As the Bible says, we're a stiff-necked people. We fight you at every turn. We come up with every excuse in the book. And whether it's a good reason or whether it's a bad reason, we will make every excuse to try to get away from doing what it is that you want us to do. So God, I just pray right now for all of us. Lord, break us of that practice and help us to be an obedient people. That's who we need to be. And Father, the first step of obedience for every person in this room watching or listening is that they've never come to the place where they have believed that you love them and that you sent your son Jesus to die for them, that he was buried and that he rose again three days later. If they've never come to that place, God, I pray that right now in this moment, the decision will be made. I believe in Jesus and that they will find salvation in his name and his name alone. He's the only one worthy to be praised. He's the only one where we can find our salvation. With our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, in a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to sing just one time through, and our altar's going to be open. Our team is here at the front. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, good news. You can today. You can trust. You can believe. You can understand. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you about that. I encourage you in a moment to come down. Maybe you want to come down and kneel here and just say, God, I, I've, I've been fighting you, but I'm ready to turn it over to you, and, and I'm ready to obey and do what you've called me to do. There might be a man or a woman here that God is calling into ministry. There might be some young person sitting here saying, God's calling you to, to be a pastor or maybe to go out and be a missionary or, or whatever it might be. That God's calling. You've been fighting it, saying, God, I'm not smart enough. God, I'm not, I'm not wise enough. I don't know how to speak well enough. It's fine. Listen, I've, I've made all those arguments a thousand times. In fact, I usually do them on Saturday night about 11 o'clock. Maybe you need to come in here and just say, God, I surrender. Today, I commit to you, God. You've called me. Here I am, use me. Maybe you want to join our church family or come for baptism. Whatever it is that God is saying to you as we stand right now and as Charles leads us just through one time, obey. Quit ignoring. Quit questioning. Quit doubting. Trust. Make the decision right now and step out. Let's stand. Let's sing. Thank you for joining with us together today as we see what it is that God has done for us all. And today, if you've made a decision for Christ, or if you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of His Son, Jesus, I would encourage you to email me at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Christ. If you would like to help contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with an amazing message of God's love.